0: So, you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless
2: for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show, with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What is up, everybody? This is episode number 15 of the Bronx Pinstripe Show. I can't believe we have actually done 15 of these. Um, Today, we have Rich Kaufman instead of Scott in. Scott had a prior commitment. Uh, So, Rich, what's up? What is up? So last time we had you on, it was the the A Rod episode, I think episode number three. Yeah.
1: So uh, how you been since then? Good. Uh, Yankees in a bit of a tough stretch with the schedule, but um, A Rod has double digit home runs. Raise your hand if you thought that was going to happen by um, what is it, May seventeenth? Um, so. Well, you were one been, of them. Yeah, I was one of them. Few and few and far between. So uh, let's start with a little bit of breaking news.
2: So after the game today, Brian Hawk tweeted that uh, the Yankee mustaches are starting to disappear. Uh, first to go was Esmond Rogers. seemed to be cleave, clean shaven now. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I think that might be a good sign. I feel like the mustaches were were played out after after a fun three week ride.
1: Yeah, they've. I think they've run their course. I think the mojo is gone. They uh, they lost three out of four. To the Rays, they lost two out of three. To the Royals, um, they're not hitting. So I think they—it's uh, a good good decision to get rid of those mustaches.
2: I was thinking I was watching the game the other night, and I was like, you know, the mustaches are actually starting to look pretty decent. They're pretty thick, and I was like, who's going to be the first to shave and be like, guys, this was a this was maybe not a great idea. I look like an asshole.
1: <laughs> I was waiting to yeah, I was waiting to see the to see who the uh, the first guy was to crack on that, but I guess Rogers is. Is the first one to go, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who else follows. But
2: well, it was it was certainly a, a fun little thing, and it seemed to be working for a while. But uh, as you mentioned, this past week they were two and five, uh, ugly, ugly games this past week. And you know, maybe maybe the off day coming tomorrow. I feel like I need an off day from baseball. It's been like 19 days in a row, and, and I'm just exhausted watching the games.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, their schedule is. I mean, it's it's. Way different this year, I feel like, than it has been the past few years. They have two off days this week, which is strange. You don't really, really don't see that much.
2: I mentioned that last time. The, the scheduling sometimes makes no sense to me. To have a, a Monday off day and then a Thursday off day. I know the two-game series kind of throws a wrench into it because yeah. they have the interleague uh, games with the Nationals, and then I think they play the Nationals again later in the year for two games at the stadium. But the mm-hmm. two games just throws a stupid like little twist in the season where, okay, you haven't had an off day for a month, and now you have two in one week, and it just sort of wastes an off day.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, we've been so used to seeing them playing the, the AL East, um, and now they don't play an AL East op- opponent until July, I think, which is really strange.
2: And they also play Kansas City again next week, and then they don't play him again for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, it's quick.
2: So if yeah. Kansas, you know, it's like if you run into a hot Kansas City team, which they are, yeah. you know, you could lose, you know, yeah. five out of six or four out of six and then you don't see him again.
1: Right. Yeah, it could set you back big time.
2: Yeah. But all right, let's get into a little bit of the game recaps here. They after the weekend uh, series win, they they again got hot in, ta- in Tampa the first game. They hit a bunch of home runs. Beltran, fin- you know, has been really heating up. Uh, which is good to see. But Beltron went deep, Arod went deep, Tashera went deep. Uh, Gardner hit a three-run home run to center, which was an absolute blast off, off yeah. Gardner's bat. And yeah. Headley hit a home run, so things were looking good with an eleven-five win uh, last Monday.
1: Yeah, they they started off on the right foot. I mean, Sabathia finally got his, f- his first win since uh, in over a year since April um, of last year, and you figured that that was a good sign for the road trip, but uh, it kind of fell apart shortly shortly thereafter
2: yeah i guess there's really not much to to nitpick from that first game but i think we're going to find some things to discuss uh over the the next few games so that next game they were facing archer and Archer's one of the best pitchers in baseball i think he's absolutely filthy
1: and he, he kills the yankees yep
2: and this was the first time they were facing him all year um yeah. they had sort of they'd played tampa already what like seven times and they hadn't seen him yet so they yeah they were, they missed him they got a break there Mm-hmm. and the, they look good to start. First five guys reached, and they had two runs in. Bases loaded with one out, and that's all they got.
1: Yeah, I feel like we've seen this a lot from this team, especially over the past two seasons. They uh, they kind of let the, the starting pitcher settle in after they get runs early, and then they just get shut down for the rest of the game, and it's, it's real frustrating to watch.
2: It is because if this team— I mean, the offense seems to be hitting a lot of home runs, which is good. Mm-hmm. but they don't string a lot of hits together. And, you know, maybe they hit a lot of solo home runs because not a lot, of, a lot of guys are on base. And and against a guy like Archer, who's, again, one of the best pitchers in the league, if you don't rough him up in the first couple innings and really take advantage of that, I mean, that should have been a 5-0 game or a 4-0 yeah. game after the first inning.
1: Yeah, they had him on the ropes, and you already won the first game. You really want to, I mean, if you, if you get the rays down in the first inning against Archer, that's pretty demoralizing. And they could have controlled the rest of the game. But for Archer to get out of that, giving up only, only two runs, that was huge. Huge momentum swing to the Rays.
2: It was. And, it, I mean, the game seemed to be going okay. Ivaldi had, I thought, his best start of the season. Seven innings. Uh, he was through seven innings. Or, excuse me, he was through six innings with no mm-hmm. runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the, in the seventh, um, he, he got into a little bit of a jam. And uh Girardi let him face DeJesus with second and third. It was still a two nothing game at this point. Mm-hmm. Um would you have left would you have brought in a lefty there? Um Wilson maybe, maybe Shreve to face De Jesus, or would you have left Ivaldi in there?
1: Ivaldi had what, eighty something pitches, I think, at the at the time. Yeah, he looked great. Yeah, I probably would have left him in to face De Jesus. I, um
2: I agree with that. I think, you know, in hindsight, obviously it wasn't the right move, but yeah. I I think Ivaldi was was pitching. He was he was pitching great, and you, you try and let him get out of that jam.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so, but it was still a two two game coming out of that inning. So, uh, I mean, it was still obviously a game looked like they they could still win it, and then he brings them back out for the eighth inning.
1: Yeah, that that is my main problem with that game. I think Girardi. Uh, that's one of, the, one of the few games over the course of a season that the manager kind of cost you. And I think that was one of them. I mean, granted, whoever, I mean, granted, Evaldi had to do his job there, but I think you got to start the inning with, um, with Batances.
2: Yeah, and maybe it goes to the fact that I don't think Girardi trusts anybody in that pen other than Batances and Miller. So mm. he's thinking, okay, I'm in a tie game in the eighth inning. Who do I go to? Either yeah. leave my starter. Maybe he felt Ivaldi was a better bet than bringing in a guy like Carpenter or a guy like you know whoever whoever he would have brought in.
1: Yeah, I mean, Girardi. He trusts. I feel like. I mean, he never he never left Hughes in to start an inning late in the game. He did not <laughs> trust. He did not trust Hughes at all.
2: No one trusted Hughes. No,
1: no one. He would leave Sabathia in. He would trust Sabathia. He would leave Pettit in. So yeah, but I those guess,
2: you get the the benefit of the doubt. Being a veteran, like yeah, Petit that's,
1: that's C.C. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's not like you has been here for a few years and he's kind of earned Girardi's trust. I guess you could say. I just think that you worry about the day's game. You worry about winning the day's game, and you worry about tomorrow when it comes. So you bring in your best guy to start the inning, rather than you know, rest him, which Girardi likes to do.
2: Yeah. And obviously it didn't work out. They ended up losing that game four to two. And I totally agree with you right after the game. I, I immediately pinpointed that game as that was really the first game of the season that Girardi blew for them. Mm -hmm. And it took what? Thirty four games. So whoever had game 34 in the Girardi will blow a game pool. Congratulations. You just won. (laughs) I probably had game like four or five. Yeah. And uh, the next night out, um, I'm looking at the notes here. The next night out, they lost, again, 3-2. to two. They had two runs in the first inning again, and then nothing after that.
1: Uh, and who pitched that game for the Rays?
2: Who was that? Uh, that's a great question. I don't even remember. Warren pitched for the Yanks, and he pitched great. Right. I can't recall who. okay. Uh, but but regardless, it's, it's... I mean, regardless, you, you got the starter again on the ropes in the first inning. And that's it. You you go to sleep afterwards.
1: Right. And they had 10 hits, which is, you know, you look at the line score and you say, oh, wow, 10 hits. That's, you know, they got to score more than two runs. Well, they were all singles. And it's, it's, hard, it's hard to win when you hit, you know, when you go station to station. I mean, it's hard to win when you go station to station.
2: Yep. And all, all singles. And, again, if this team isn't going to hit home runs, it's, it's tough for them to, uh, to score runs. I just looked it up. It was Carnes that pitched uh for Tampa
1: and they had they had they killed them uh at the stadium I think when they when they when the raids were in a few weeks ago,
2: yeah, well i, I mean they how many times have we seen this team do that look look like they're in all all star lineup one night and then the next night out look like they they've never played baseball before,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah it's frustrating,
2: yeah, so uh it's just frustrating because i I'd like to see this team. In, again, with the the runs in the first couple innings, and then they go to they they just totally disappear after that. As a fan watching the game, you just want to pull your hair out because the starters are doing the job. Warren pitched mm-hmm. seven innings and only gave up three runs, and and he comes out of there with the loss. Like that, that's just if I'm if I'm Warren, I'm pissed about that. I mean, you, you go down there, you part pitch one of the best games of the year as Warren uh, for Warren, and then and you got a loss to show for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't waste start by Adam Warren. When he gives up three 300 runs, you, you you have to win that game.
2: And uh, another second-guess moment here is that Girardi, in a losing game, brought Miller out for the eighth inning, down a run
1: on the road. I guess he wanted to get Miller some work, but again, it's just frustrating the way Girardi manages a bull. I mean, one of his strengths, I guess, is manage, managing a bullpen, knowing when to, when to use guys, when to sit guys, but to, I hate to... Compare Girardi to Joe Torre, but Torre would always go with his best guy, I feel like. He would run guys out there. I guess that's why Scott Proctor's career is ruined, because <laughs> Torre would always run him out there. But Girardi is all about rest. He's all about giving guys days off in May so they're not tired in August, and I get that, but I want you to win the game today with your best guy, not... You know, not as, not with Esmo Rogers on the mound.
2: Well, you can. I mean, it's so easy to look at those two games, Tuesday and Wednesday, and say, okay, you had a lead in the seventh inning, and you let your starter stay out there, and they end up losing it. When you could have gone to Botansis and Miller to get eight, maybe nine. <laughs> right, outs. and then you
1: then you bring in Miller when you're down a run. Exactly. So yeah. it,
2: it, it just makes no sense. You. No. you if he wanted to rest him, you could have rested him in that game too, because they were still in the middle of a 19-game stretch with no off days. Mm-hmm. It's not like Miller hadn't pitched in a week, right? So, I mean, obviously, it was only he only threw 10 pitches. So, I feel stupid getting mad about it, but it's sort of the principle of it.
1: Yeah, you bring him in when you're down a run instead of when you're trying to win a game the night before. Yeah, just sometimes it just doesn't make sense.
2: And then they they dropped the last game in Tampa six to one. Got some bad news. Uh, Whitley left the game in the second inning with what was reported as an elbow sprain. And I mean that that's got Tommy John surgery written all over it.
1: Yeah, that seems to be the trend these days. It's it's remarkable how many pitchers are going under the knife with Tommy John. Um, no one's really been able to figure it out. Unfortunately, what what causes it? Um, is it too too many innings in the minors? Is it is it uh, the pitches these guys throw these days? Is it the way they work out? It's kind of hard to pinpoint, but uh, I don't think we'll be seeing Whitley anytime soon.
2: Well, I'm sure if you asked Nolan Ryan, it would be that these guys aren't pitching enough innings.
1: Right. He wants his, or when he was with the Rangers, he is he still with the Rangers? I believe so.
2: Okay. Yeah, his... his. We haven't seen the Rangers on TV much, so we haven't seen Nolan Ryan sitting behind a home plate, but uh, yeah, he right. might be. I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, his whole thing with that organization is he wants his guys to throw complete games every time out. Um, just because
2: he did it. Right, Just because yeah. he pitched like a million innings doesn't mean, it's yeah, just not I mean, the way that the world, it's not the way the baseball world is now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Nolan Ryan's a freak, and his arm is, uh, he's got a rubber arm, so. But, uh, and then Whitley said after the game that he, he'd been pitching hurt the past couple of starts, um, and then that he wanted to pitch through it. And uh, I bet the Yankees really aren't too happy about that because they're big on uh, these guys kind of self-reporting how they feel. And um, they, need, they needed Whitley and uh, if, maybe if he had said something sooner, uh, they could have shut him down and this could have been avoided at least um, until a later date.
2: Yeah, I feel like that must have given Girardi an ulcer.
1: Yeah, I can only imagine his, his reaction when, when he heard Whitley's comments. And you might
2: be saying like, okay, it's Whitley, you know. Nah, that's not going to make or break the Yankee season. Yeah. You know? But when you look at it, they were getting Capuano back soon. And that meant, I think, Warren was probably going to go to the bullpen. And he was great in the bullpen last year. So that would have really that would added another guy in the seventh inning that Girardi could have trusted. Instead of Batances and Miller, you could go to Warren in a situation like in Tampa when you're in a tie game. And maybe you don't find yourself using Evaldi for the eighth inning. Uh, but instead, Warren's going to have to stay in the rotation because Whitley went down uh, until either Tanaka or or Nova come back.
1: Right, I think Warren is 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 way more valuable valuable in the pen because he takes pressure off other guys. Um, so when Girardi wants to give Batansis a day off or Wilson a day off, he can go to Warren, uh, who's almost almost automatic last year. Um, so, but now he has to stay in the rotation. Where I don't, he went what. His this past start, it was the first time in his career he's gone seven innings into the seventh inning.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, he's he, and he even you can see it when he pitches an inning out of the bullpen. It, his velocity's up a couple miles an hour. He just I mean, some guys are just suited for the pen.
1: Right. It's the same thing with uh, with Phil Hughes in two thousand nine. You know, these guys, these starters who come out of the bullpen, they can just let it loose for one inning. They don't have to save anything. Uh, for the entire game, they don't have to, you know, vary their pitches. They can just come at you with gas, um, you know, 97 miles an hour, you know, bang, bang, bang. They don't have to save anything, and um, and um, Warren's more effective uh, in the pen. It's like the guy
2: uh, that pitched for Kansas City today, Wade Davis, right? He used to be in yeah. in Tampa. Yeah. He was sort of like a number five starter in Tampa. He goes yeah. to Kansas City in that James Shields trade, mm-hmm. and he's lights out in the bullpen.
1: I was thinking to myself today, I was like, I don't remember Wade Davis ever being this good. No, he, I re- he wasn't.
2: He was, I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was like I re- Adam Warren yeah, as and a starter.
1: I remembered he was a starter, and now he's coming out of the pen. He's throwing 98 miles an hour with a filthy, <laughs> with a filthy slider. He's unhittable. That Kansas so, City bullpen is just unreal. It is. It's, it's insane. And the Yankees kind of are copying what the Royals have done over these past two seasons, defense and bullpen which is the blueprint for the Royals. That's how they got to the World Series last year. So the Royals are kind of the standard right now, I feel like, in the American League. So that's the new money ball? Yeah, it's <laughs> like a, it's, a, it's a trend, you know? Bullpens are crazy. these the bull, Bullpens these days are, I mean, you got guys coming in throwing harder than the starters. Like, when, when did that ever happen?
2: I feel like the Cardinals always have guys that are coming out throwing 98 miles an hour, too.
1: Oh, yeah, like Waka came out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, Rosenthal, I don't yeah. know where they,
2: I don't know where they find him or what kind of programs they have him on, but <laughs> Yankees could use some of that. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. We could take some of their scouting department uh, guys.
2: <laughs> One more thing I wanted to mention in that last game in Tampa, though, is uh, Whitley left in the second inning. Esmil Rogers comes in, who's a long man, and who I'm pretty freaking tired of seeing at this point.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's never a really a good sign when you see Esmil Rogers in the game because it either means the Yankees are getting blown out. No, that's usually what it means when the you are, <laughs> are getting blown out or, or someone's hurt. You, you see Esme Rogers in the game.
2: And then he immediately gives up a home run to Rene Rivera, who's hitting like a like 120 or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, when, you know, when someone gets hurt and you bring in a reliever, they have all the time in the world to warm up. They can take however long they want. And Rogers took about three minutes to warm up, and that's really not enough. Even... Uh, Ken Singleton mentioned it on the air. He said he said how it um, how Rodgers really didn't take his time and um, boom, first pitch, the Yankees were down what was it, five nothing at the time? Yeah. Yeah. And so
2: with the way the offense was going those last few games in Tampa, that was that might as well have been fifty to nothing.
1: Oh yeah. I mean it was game over. It was you were just waiting for the <laughs> for the innings to roll by.
2: I'm ready, I'm done with Esmil Rodgers. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I don't know who else you would put in that role, though. He's kind of just a take-one-for-the-team kind of guy, but I'm pretty sick of him.
2: He's given up at least one run in his last four games pitched.
1: Yeah, that's not good. And that 19-inning game against the Red Sox earlier this year, he gave up the lead twice.
2: Right. And yeah, not... I mean,
1: I mean, he gave up—I mean, it was a tie game, and he, he gave up the go-ahead run twice.
2: Right. I'm not expecting Esmail Rogers to be lights out, but when you're the long guy— Yes, you're going to get hit because, frankly, you're not very good. You're you're good enough to be in the majors, but you're basically yeah. a 4A player. Right. And uh, y- you can't just go out there and give up runs every time you pitch. you got to keep your team in the game sometimes.
1: Yeah, you got to at least manage the game and give your team a chance. I think Rodgers really gives the Yankees no chance most of the times he's out there.
2: And I also don't like seeing Esmo Rogers come oh. in in a situation where you just need to get out of the second inning. You know what I mean? The, he comes in with two guys on, and I think there was one out. That's like a, that's a short reliever jam. You bring a guy in who can get a double play ball or can get a couple pop-ups or some strikeouts. You don't bring in Esmail Rogers. I know it's the second inning, yeah. but I always feel like you could use a guy for just that inning and then bring Rogers in for the third inning.
1: Yeah, cause some guys are better suited to start a clean inning. You know? Some guys are not comfortable coming in with guys on base. Um, especially with Rogers, he, he's so hittable. You really, that's kind of a puzzling decision by Girardi, I think. Have him start a clean inning with no one on, and right. no outs.
2: Exactly. I, I always second guess. This is like my, always my favorite example to use is in 2004, the ALCS, when, yeah. when I know, isn't this just such a fantastic memory to talk about? Oh, is
1: this Vasquez?
2: Yeah, he, Torrey yeah. brings in Vasquez with the bases loaded against Johnny yeah. Damon. It's like, it's friggin' Javier Vasquez. He's not going to get out of that unscathed. There's 0% <laughs> chance.
1: Yeah, he's a starter. He's not used to coming in with guys on base. And Esmo Rogers is a starter, By you know, he was, was a starter with the Blue Jays, I think. And, um, and he's turned into a long man. But, yeah, it's the same thing, and it, it, it makes no sense.
2: Can you believe that the Yankees had Javier
1: Vasquez on their team at two different points? Twice. Times? Yeah, twice. It's re- it's absurd. Yeah. They traded – who they traded for the second Milky. time? Melky. They traded – oh, yeah, great. great. I like Melky.
2: Mal- I, I like Melky.
1: Yeah. He, no, he's, he's turned into a good player. But uh, I guess with the help of PEDs, but um, – Whatever. <laughs> trading, trading, trade. yeah, whatever. Trading for Vasquez a second time makes no sense.
2: And then Friday night in Kansas City, they're on a three-game losing streak, which was their longest losing streak since the first week of the season. So that says something about how the team was playing.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: They hadn't lost even more than they hadn't even lost two games since the since the Baltimore series early in the season. So they were, I mean, on a roll, which we know. Yeah. But you you figure, okay, you look at the rotation. You got Pineda coming up, coming off that 16 strikeout game. Mm -hmm. You figure this is it. He's been their ace this year. He's going to be the stopper. He got lit up.
1: Yeah, he's. I was. I know you were hoping he would come into that start and kind of put a stop to the to the three game. It was a three yeah three game losing, three streak. Game losing streak. yeah. Because he's he's stepped up and been he's been the ace of the staff since Tanaka went out.
0: Well, he's and, been the best uh, pitcher
2: all year.
1: Yeah, he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball all yeah. year.
2: Led the league and he was leading the league in strikeouts going into Friday.
1: Yeah, and then he goes out. Uh, gives up ten hits. Uh, he only struck out, I think, one guy. Um,
2: and let's face it, that Kansas City
1: lineup is not anything special. You th- really? I think it's. I mean, if you look at their stats; they're all hitting over three hundred. It's crazy.
2: I don't know. I guess I just look at the names, and then nobody scares me.
1: Yeah, they really. Yeah, they don't have a you know a superstar, but I feel like they all. all make contact, which is why I think Pineda only had one strikeout they're hard, And they're also hard to strike out. You know, they're hard to put away, but you got to do better than, than going five and a third, giving up 10, 10 hits and five run runs. I yeah. mean,
2: everyone's going to have their bad starts. That's just reality of <laughs> baseball. You pitch 28, 30 times a year, you're going to have bad starts. But again, yeah. I was just hoping he was going to, to sort of step up as, as the ACE. And as it turns out, CC stepped up Saturday, which was good to see.
1: Crazy, right? I mean, their only two wins so far on this road trip have been <laughs> CC with CC on the mound. Like, who would have thought that? That's I just, it, I guess you know that's baseball, Susan. But
2: uh. <laughs> you got to do the Sterling
1: voice when you do that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, old reliable uh, stepping up, he pitched really well. It wasn't like he pitched all right and got by. He actually made really good pitches. It was really good to see, especially back to back starts. Um I think that's a good sign. Hopefully his next start he can um do it for a third time, but um I liked what I saw out of C.
2: You know what I liked that I saw him do is he was pitching inside to righties. I mean, even though he's only throwing ninety ninety one, he's mm-hmm. throwing inside. He was jamming guys, he was getting his off speed pitches down. You can I mean you still gotta pitch smart with lesser stuff. Um mm-hmm. and maybe he's learning, you know. Maybe we just gotta maybe it's a learning curve with CC.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. He came inside, um, came inside a lot and hit his spots. Because um, if you miss coming inside, you're going to leave it over the plate, which is what he's done more times than, more times than um, than I'm sure he'd like. But um, no, he pitched great.
2: The big hit was Headley's three-run homer, which um, at least it wasn't a solo shot, right? They finally got a big hit with guys on.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Headley. <sighs> I've been what's really your, down yeah, I've been down your, on, on Headley this season.
2: I was just gonna ask, what's your take on Headley so far? As far as what were you expecting out of Headley going in?
1: I was expecting second half Headley of last year. Maybe even better than that, with what he's getting paid. He's getting paid thirteen million a year and they want him to play good defense. He's already got eight errors on the season. His throws have been terrible. Yeah, I hold my breath on every throw that he makes. It, it almost I,
2: feels like he's like aiming the ball over to first base.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's strange because he throws over the top, which you really don't see many infielders do. And I just hold my breath every time he throws it because I always feel like it's going to be a short hop. Um, and he's already got eight errors on the season. I mean, that's not good. He's got eight errors in how many, how many games have they played? 39 after today, I think. 38, 39. Um, and his on base percentage is under 300. That yeah. is awful. Awful, awful. Yeah. So,
2: uh, in one of the earlier episodes this year, Scott proclaimed that uh, Chase Headley would have a better year than Pablo Sandoval because because Sandoval got you know pretty much double the contract that Headley got. Yeah. Both switch hitting third basemen, so it's it's an understandable comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like Pablo is having that special of a year. But Headley has been extremely underwhelming so far, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's especially from the right side. He's looked awful. I mean, he hit the home run from the right side um, on Friday, which is good. But other than that, he's been he's been pretty weak from the right side.
2: And we had another A bomb from A Rod as <laughs> when, when they were already up uh, four to one in the ninth. Why not just tack on a solo home run?
1: Right? Classic A Rod.
2: So here's a fun stat. Only one of his ten home runs have come with guys on base. And he is hitting a whopping one sixty-seven with runners in scoring
1: position. That's awful.
2: So I mean, and it, it I, I I'm picking on A Rod here because it's fun. But <laughs> the the team as a whole is not hitting well with runners on, so it's not just A Rod. But um, why do you think that is? Do you think it's the old typical A-Rod just can't get it done in the pressure situations? Or do you think maybe uh, there's some other factor why he can't get, you know, big hits with guys on base?
1: I think that when guys are on base, he's seeing more off-speed pitches and he just looks foolish on them. You know, he's out in front, he's swinging up balls in the dirt. But when there's no one on, he's getting straight fastballs most of the time. And um, he's and he's pring- he can hit them. Yeah, I mean, he's turned around 97 mile an hour fastballs and hit it. You know, he hit one 477 feet um, in tri- at Tropicana Field, so he's, he's got no problem hitting the fastball. It's uh, it's the breaking ball that causes problems for him, and um, he's seeing that mostly with guys on base.
2: Yeah, I would agree that he's he's p- pitchers are not challenging him uh, with guys on base, and he's just going to need to make adjustments. I mean, if he's going to take this a step from being a a nice player in the middle of the lineup to really the the centerpiece of the lineup. He's going to need to start hitting with guys on base, and he's going to mm-hmm. need to start adjusting to the off speed pitch. You're right. He looks like he's never hit a curveball before. That's how bad he looks on off speed pitches. Yeah,
1: I mean today he faced uh, he faced Wade Davis, which is no fun, you know, for anybody. But um, it was the eighth inning, I think. They, the Yankees had bases loaded, one out. Um, so you know a big hit could get them right back in the game it was 6 nothing at the time and Davis did challenge him with a 97 mile an hour fastball but he fouled it right back um, and that was the only fastball he got in the, in, in the entire at bat so when he gets it in those situations he has to hit it um, and then he eventually struck out on a just a nasty it was a 92 mile an hour slider <laughs> which is just absurd uh, <laughs> that doesn't even compute in my brain you,
2: just <laughs> no. said, you said it and I was like 92 mile per hour slider. Okay, what does yeah. that mean? So that's two crazy. miles an hour faster than CC's fastball.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was nuts. And he struck out. He looked bad. Uh, so he got the fastball. I mean, he just didn't hit it. But um, he's he's got to make sure that when he gets that fastball, um, he doesn't foul it back. Yeah, with with guys on base.
2: And today, just an absolute flat, big fart dud of a game. Six nothing loss. Edison Vulez yeah. looked like you know whoever, pick your favorite pitcher, uh, (laughs) Felix Hernandez today. Um, Just absolutely shoved the bats down their throat.
1: Yeah, and and Capuano, his first start back, I guess, I really wasn't expecting much.
2: Expecting more Uh, than three innings, though.
1: Yeah, you got to expect more. I got to expect at least five. But uh, he goes three, gives up four. And with the way the offense has been, you knew the game was over. It was just tough to watch.
2: And uh, some news out of the game. Teixeira got hit in the toe. And left with uh, what they're calling a big toe contusion, which is basically just a little Oops. owie, a little owie on his big toe.
1: <laughs> he's so fragile. I'm um, so it's I, ridiculous.
2: I get so. share is one of those guys that when when you're right when he sits out with an injury, I just I don't know. I shake my head because I feel like he's he doesn't he doesn't play through the pain.
1: Yeah, and. He, you remember when Sammy Sosa, I think yeah it was Sosa. He um he sat out a few games because he sneezed and he tweaked his back. <laughs> like I am I'm, I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised the share hasn't hasn't done something like that yet.
2: Yeah, that's gotta be oh god, I gotta find the link. Knock, knock on wood. I there was this there was this like, you know, sort of buzzfeed thing where it was like best sports injuries of all time. You remember when um the Detroit
1: reliever oh crap, I can't oh, remember his oh. name.
2: Um, he got hurt playing Guitar Hero.
1: Yes, uh, it was his elbow, I think. What he the hell is his out. name? He was good. He was he's um, like a hundred. Yeah, he retired. He's retired now. Oh, it's gonna kill me.
2: Yeah, whatever his name is, though, and, and it's just yeah, like the Sammy Sosa sneezing one, that time when Tashera was dizzy or something, and uh, you just gotta love those injuries. Oh
1: no, one of my favorites is Matt Cain. You remember Matt Cain? What he did last? I think it was last year or two years ago. He was cutting sandwiches. Into, yes. what, into what he called fancy triangles, <laughs> and he and he sliced his finger open. He went on the DL.
2: Tremendous, <laughs> just tremendous. Yeah. You got it. Hey, Matt Cain, knuckles, knuckles down when you're cutting food, man. That's like <laughs> day one stuff. <laughs> oh god. But uh, so to share, but I don't know if Tocher is going to actually miss any, any time. It doesn't look like he's going to.
1: No, I think he said he said after the game he expects to play Tuesday with the wow. off day tomorrow. I think that should, that should happen.
2: Uh, so again, sort of just a, a dud
1: game today, and
2: and it's good that I mean it is good. I'm happy to share is not actually hurt because they
1: need to share. Yeah, he's got what almost 30 RBIs already. Um, yeah. He's on pace. He's on pace for uh, like 140
2: or something crazy.
1: Yeah, and like 30 home runs, which is where he's been um, with the Yankees when he was when he was healthy. And Arod's on pace for 40 home runs.
2: No, Teixeira, I actually looked it up yesterday. Is on pace for like fifty something. Is he? Yeah, and uh, so his. So here's here's a good question. His career high is with the Yankees is thirty nine.
1: Thirty nine. Yeah, no nine.
2: Do you think he gets to thirty nine this year?
1: Probably not. So I don't know. I find it hard to. If he does, that'd be really impressive.
2: If he doesn't, though, that'd be means he's slowing down.
1: Yeah, which is I, bad I mean, news for the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, do you expect Aaron Teixeira to keep up? Their run production?
2: Do I expect it? Uh, probably yeah. not, but I, at the same time, I'm hoping like hell they do because this they're the only two that are at least producing. At least they're hitting for power.
1: Yeah, I mean, average with these guys, I feel like average across baseball is down. I feel like it's all about run production at this point. So as long as they produce runs, I don't really care what their averages look like, to be honest, but... I mean, they've got, tw- they've got 28 RBI from Teixeira and 22 from Arod. That's um, pretty good production so far from the three and four hitters. And they've got 21 home runs between them.
2: And if they don't get it out of, uh, you know, well, like we already said, Beltron's starting to heat up. Um, mm-hmm. But they're going to need McCann. They really need, uh, in addition to uh, Tex and Arod, they need McCann, Beltron, and Headley. I mean, they need and- those guys. They- they're getting paid to produce
1: especially Hedley. He's just been, he's been so under the radar with his performance. He, I feel like he gets a pass because he's so, he's so boring, you know? <laughs> he really
2: is. like he's, he's like, he's like vanilla ice cream on white bread. Exactly. With, with mashed <laughs> potatoes on the side. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's very bland. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Ellsbury and Gardner are going to do what, what they do. Um, so, the, I mean, Beltran, you said Beltran's starting to heat up. So they really, I think Hedley and McCann are really important. Uh,
2: and upcoming this week, they've got two against the Nationals, and then they come home finally, have an off day at home, which I guess will be nice for them. And they got three against Texas. And uh, next Sunday night is Bernie Williams' day at the stadium.
1: How many empty seats do you think they'll be?
2: <laughs> well, it's a, it's the Sunday night game, which I'm sure is just yeah. thrilling. Yeah. It's and gonna be a thrilling Game,
1: and also yeah, I mean Memorial Day weekend too. I guess people don't have work Monday, so people might show up. But I feel like they don't even sell these. I mean, the whole thing is to sell these games with the with the ceremonies. But I remember the Tory game, the Tory uh, ceremony last year. There was nobody there. O'Neill, there was nobody there. It's just not like it used to be.
2: It sucks too because. I, I mean, I love Bernie Williams. I love Joe Tony. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill, and I think he was your favorite player as well. He was my favorite yeah. player growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see but, – but all do they really all deserve their own day? You know what I mean? I feel like some fans look at it and be like, this is just a marketing scheme.
1: Oh, it clearly is. You, I mean, they put out – the Yankees tweeted um, something about merchandise with Bernie, You know his logo on it and everything. It's just – Bur- so Bernie so, has a logo,
2: like his jazz like album logo. You mean?
1: No, he has a retirement. He has a, a logo for the day, for the his day. Oh Jesus! And it's going to be. It's on shirts. It's on hats. It's on this. It's on that. It's just. It's just the whole market, which is what the Yankees wanted to do with a rod <laughs> with yeah. these with these home runs. Um, but obviously that, that hasn't happened. So,
2: well, it still should be fun. I, I'll be watching because, because oh, yeah. it's my childhood. I'll, I'll, it's my childhood. So. I'll be there. I have tickets. Are oh, you going? On, so. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, Something hopefully, hopefully it doesn't rain. I know you sort of have bad luck with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. All
2: right. Uh, you ready to get into to some Twitter questions? I, so I tweeted out earlier today that we're doing the podcast tonight and I asked for some questions and we got a couple. So you ready? Mm hmm. So the first one comes from at Leanne B. Miller. Um, When do you expect Tanaka back? And is he even going to stay healthy? We clearly need him right now. I mean, that's an understatement right there. We clearly need him right now. Um, But when do you think we're going to expect Tanaka back?
1: Uh, I'd say another three weeks, two, three weeks. It's already been about two weeks. And I said it would take a month. Um, And he's going to have a rehab start on Thursday Uh, I'm not sure where yet. I don't think they announced that, either Scranton or uh, Trenton, but um, he said he has no pain in his wrist and um, forearm, but I guess you got to take him at his word.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's going to need to ramp up to 80 90 or 90 pitches before he's going to come back anyway, and that's at least two to three starts.
1: Yeah, and they're going to be cautious with him, I think, obviously. They're going to make sure that he's built up to where he can um, be his usual self.
2: But he's definitely the next guy back. I don't think, I think he's ahead of Nova.
1: Oh yeah. 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 I think we'll see Tanaka before Nova, hopefully.
2: But, but we already sort of touched on this, but yeah, I mean, they clearly need Tanaka back in the rotation because um, they're, you know, Whitley's now hurt. Uh, Warren is, he had a great start, but he's given them no more than five innings. Uh, before this and capuano is a crap shoot um they can't keep trotting out these starters that get pulled in the fourth inning it's gonna absolutely fry the pen and but you'll blink your eye and they'll be in third place if they keep doing that
1: yeah they need they need a reliable guy to go out there who you can pencil in every time can give you seven innings and can keep you in the game i mean
2: that is one thing though that i absolutely love about ivaldi he he's an innings eater
1: Oh yeah! No, he threw two, what 200 innings last year, and he gave up the most hits in uh, in the <laughs> National League. So I mean, he'll stay in there and he'll eat innings for sure. Um, and uh, spe- I mean Tanaka, they- especially because we haven't even talked about Pineda's health. You know, question marks. I was they-
2: just—I was not. It was one of those things that if I don't say it, maybe maybe it's not an issue.
1: Yeah, I guess if it's not if there's nothing there, then. You know, don't worry about it. But that's—I feel like that's always in the back of my mind with him.
2: Knock on wood, everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I didn't jinx it. But,
2: <laughs> but uh, are you confident that once Tanaka's back, uh, he he's there to stay for the season? No, no, me neither. I would honestly, no, no. if like if you're asking me to put a percent on like if he's going to stay there for the rest of the season, I'm saying it's about twenty five percent.
1: Oh yeah, they said they said that his. I guess it was tendonitis he had in his wrist and forearm is not related to his elbow. Bullshit. Come on. It's all connected. Yeah. He's either compensating for something and that's causing the tendonitis. I don't think tendonitis just goes away. I feel like it'll be a recurring thing throughout the season until he finally just decides to, you know, sit out, you know, it's, it's up to him. Ultimately, they can't make him have surgery.
2: You know, you know, it would just be just typical Yankees if um, (laughs) so they signed him last year. I gave him one hundred and twenty five million bucks or whatever it is. And, you know, he has that opt out clause after four years. Yeah. So in theory, say he he after this year, he's like, you know what? I need surgery. Then he's out Mm -hmm. another year. They get like one health year out of him and he goes back to free agency. Yeah, that would just be I would just sort of. Laugh and say, "Yep, classic Yankees contract right there."
1: And then he holds the Yankees up for
2: another hundred fifty million.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening. For oh sure.
2: boy, oh boy. Well, uh, Leanne, thank you for the Twitter question, and uh, hopefully Tanaka's back out there soon. Um, next one uh, is from at DMR seven one one. Uh, and this was from a couple days ago. He said, I'm not one to question the great Joe Girardi. I can sense sarcasm there already. But <laughs> but why bench techs after a four-hit game for a guy who has five hits on the season? So what he was talking about is uh, after Monday, Teixeira had four hits and a home run and then sat on Tuesday in favor of Garrett Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a great question. The offense is is rolling. You got uh, eleven runs, couple home runs, and um, the cleanup hitters on the bench the next day.
1: Yeah, and Jordy's reasoning was that uh, he wanted to give share a day off on the turf. But the last time I checked at Tropicana Field, the infield you know it's a dirt infield. share is not you know running down fly balls on on turf. He just like you said, he'd gotten four hits the night before, and they need every ounce of offense they can get. And he, he puts in Garrett Jones, who I, we didn't mention it before, but Jones missed a line drive hit right at him. It went off his glove. It could have been an easy double play. Um, and I think it ended up costing them some runs, if I remember correctly.
2: And Garrett Jones is a first baseman. Every, I yeah, heard people yeah. saying, like, oh, he's not a first baseman. He's an outfielder. No, he's a first baseman. you got to yeah. make that play.
1: Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's tough for him because it's probably a tough role. He really hasn't played much because A-Rod has been you know, hitting home runs. I think they expected Garrett Jones to be playing more than he has, so maybe Girardi wanted to get him some at-bats, but uh, it's just one of those Girardi moves, classic Girardi, where a guy, a guy goes four for five. And I can't remember the last time share went four for five.
2: And hit a home run to left field.
1: Which is a good sign. And then yeah. the next day he's benched. Yeah, I feel like that that's happened with Chris Young a lot this year too. Chris Young has had a great game. Instead of keeping the hot hand in there, the next day is bench because there's a righty on the mound. Like it's a, just a classic Girardi binder, day off, guy needs rest, move. It's just it's frustrating.
2: Yeah, so I mean that's like three or four moves this week where you can just clearly question what Girardi's doing and it kind of makes you – Want to pull your hair out because yeah, Girardi, Girardi will do that. From
1: yeah, know. it's been an annoying week for Girardi uh, on the bench making moves, and they've coupled with you know they've been losing. It's just been a a week to forget for the Yankees.
2: You know what I actually want to ask you a question. Um, now that we're on the topic of Girardi, so Posada's mm. book has been circulating, um, recently, and one of the big things to come out of that was that uh, he and Girardi, Posada and Girardi, had a little bit of a rift after Girardi became the manager in 08. Mm-hmm. Um, and once Posada moved to full-time DH, I think in what, 2012, was it? Or 2011?
1: Whatever. Uh,
2: 11. 11. It's 11. He wouldn't even let him sit in on like the catcher's meetings or anything like that. Um,
1: right.
2: And it just seemed like there he, he, Posada basically said he did not agree with the way Girardi handled some of his... Um, Player interactions, you know, telling you guys, telling guys he had a day off, he would just text them. Whereas you'd know one hundred percent, you know, before even the day before with Torrey, if yeah. you were getting a day off or what he was thinking. And it seems like Girardi is a little bit more um, closed door policy, maybe. Yeah,
0: so he, I guess my he, question
2: is, um, you know, do you think that some other players might feel this way, or, or how do you think that rift maybe happened with uh,
1: Posada and, and Girardi? I, Gir- I mean, Posada is such a prideful guy. You know that when he was sit- made the full-time DH, you know that obviously pissed him off. But he, it, I mean, Posada did mention that you know Tor- when Tori was there, he, the, Tori was like a father figure, um, and that when Tori left, Girardi was just he was just a manager. He was just another manager. The entire clubhouse changed. I think it all stems back to P- Posada taking Girardi's job as a player
2: it's got to right
1: yeah yeah
2: i mean girardi's got to be the bigger man in that situation i mean posada's a 27 year old kid he's got 30 home run power out of the catcher position he's gonna take your job dude like
1: yeah i think they they also left girardi there too long i mean posada didn't start playing full-time till he till he was what like you said 27
2: 98 yeah i don't know exactly how old he was but it was 1998
1: yeah yeah, there's. It'd be interesting to see when Posada has his day. What the interaction is if he mentions, you know, Girardi in his speech about winning, you know, winning in 2009 and everything. Um, that'd be fun to see.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, he was 26 in 1998, and that was the first time he had uh, he played more than 60 games.
1: Yeah, you know, Posada had that lawsuit. Yeah, he lost like 11 million dollars in some scam, financial scam. Uh, like, he invested money with these guys, and they took his money. And on the lawsuit documents, his birth date was a year earlier than what it was when he was playing. So Posada's actually a year older. Oh,
2: I actually so never knew that. He,
1: yeah, so he'd lied about his age. Like, you know, you hear all these guys. Soriano did that. Yeah. Alfonso Soriano. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that Posada's actually a year older than uh, than what he said he was when he was playing. I mean, that even goes to show
2: you how much more of of a durable guy he was. I mean, he really only had one injury season, and he caught a ton of games. So
1: Yeah, no, he caught late into his career.
2: So, okay, well, as we said, uh, hopefully they can uh, turn it around this week. A couple off days should help. Uh, I know they're going to help me. I think I'm going to enjoy not watching a Yankees game tomorrow night. I don't know yeah, about
1: and they miss uh, Scherzer, I think. I don't think he pitches. Uh, he's been filthy. He,
2: did you see his line from Saturday night?
1: I heard about it. I oh, heard he pitched well, but I didn't see it. What was it?
2: I, I can't recall. Remember? I, I, I don't recall the exact the exact stats, but, he, yeah, he's just yeah.
1: filthy, um, as we I all think, know. Uh, I think Gio Gonzalez pitches uh, Tuesday against Ivaldi. which should be interesting. Because, I mean, Evaldi has faced the Nationals you know, Bunch a times. lot with the uh, – yeah. All right, well, big week coming
2: up. I just want to remind everybody about the voicemail line, 646-480-0342. Uh, we played a voicemail uh, last week, but our Scott's the tech guy, and he's not here right now, so uh, he, he's, he sort of mans all that stuff. So hopefully next week we've got some voicemails uh, for you. Thanks again for uh, the Twitter questions, um, at Leanne B. Miller and at DMR711. We appreciate it, uh, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. So uh, until then, Rich, thanks for coming on, and catch you next time.
1: Thanks, man.
2: Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes, and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees.